From the American Academy of Dermatology, welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Ben Stoff, Editor-in-Chief. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Carlos Garcia from Oklahoma City, and I am your host for this episode of Dialogues in Dermatology. This time, I have the pleasure of speaking with Drs. Rebecca Titi and Supriya Rastogi about their article, Sex Differences in Initial Treatment for Genital Extramammary Pages Disease in the United States, a Systematic Review published in the March 2023 issue of the Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology. Dr. Tidi is Assistant Clinical Professor and Assistant Program Director with the Division of Dermatology at the University of Arizona in Tucson. And Dr. Supriya Rastogi is a second-year dermatology resident at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, welcome and thank you for having taken time from your busy schedule to speak with our audience. Thank you so much. We're happy to be here. Tell us before we start with the uh, questions about your interesting paper, how did you two got uh, connected together? How did you start working together? Just briefly, because I understand you're in different locations. Yeah, so we actually met doing a research fellowship at Northwestern University. We both spent some time working with Dr. Slosher while we were there, and that's how we met up and kind of spearheaded this project together. Thank you. Let's start and talk about your paper. What was the impetus for the study? First off, general issues, including neoplastic inflammatory, are well known to be underserved overall. This is in both males and females, and not just in dermatology, but across specialties, including OB-GYN, urology, and family medicine. The real impetus of this project, though, came from one patient in particular that we saw while working with Dr. Slosher, who was previously mentioned, which is a vulvar specialist at Northwestern and also the lead author of the study. This particular patient had undergone several extensive skinning surgeries for treatment of extramammary patches disease or EMPD, and found her way to Dr. Slosher's clinic because she could no longer undergo any additional surgical procedures. Unfortunately, this extensive amount of morbidity seen in this patient was not an outlier. After noticing multiple women undergoing similar intensive skinning procedures, we wanted to see if there were differences in treatment of general EMPD between men and women across the nation. Interesting. And what were the methods that you designed for the study? So we conducted a systematic review, searching multiple databases for studies conducted in the United States that provided individual patient data and initial therapy used for genital EMPD. We excluded any articles in which patients had another genital skin disease, concomitant cancer, or metastatic or invasive EMPD that could confound the selection of their initial treatment. Since 1979 was the year when Mose and Blanchard published the first case series of Mose for the management of genital EMPD, we limited our search to look at papers published only after 1979. And if patients received surgery as their initial treatment, we further categorized that as whether they received Mose, partial skinning procedures, or total skinning procedures. Partial skinning procedures include simple, partial, or hemivalvectomy or panectomies, or wide local excisions. 
total skinning procedures include total or radical vulvectomies or penectomies. And in summary, what were your studies' uh, findings? What did you learn from these studies? Our systematic review ended up comprising around 400 patients, 80% of which were females. Interestingly, the most common initial therapy offered to males and females was partial skinning procedures. What is most striking is that around 75 females underwent a total skinning procedure compared to zero males. In contrast, males were significantly more likely to be offered MOs. Around 40% of males had MOs compared to 2% of females. And of the six females who had MOs, when broken down by region, four were in the Northeast and two were in the South. Even when we assessed for recurrence rates, total skinning procedures had a much higher rate of recurrence compared to MOs, 50% versus 17% respectively. You would think that this would make MOs more favorable over time, but when we analyze by decade, the rate of MOs has been relatively stable. Surprisingly, the rate of partial skinning procedures was increasing from 33% to 66% in the most recent decade that we assessed. Overall, we found sex-specific differences in the initial treatment used for genital EMPD. For me personally, when looking at the data, I was just so intrigued that there is some visceral part of us that makes it hard for us to imagine a man having a total penectomy, yet females are having total vulvectomies, and unfortunately, not that infrequently. In addition to the findings that Dr. Rostogi already addressed, I want to add and reiterate that men were more likely than females to be offered MOs despite having higher frequency of disease extending beyond genital skin. In contrast, females were more likely to be offered total skinny procedures, although the literature shows that vulvectomy and associated reconstruction can cause substantial psychological distress and sexual dysfunction. Definitely. And what a striking finding. I wonder if the referral from different specialties could explain this phenomenon, which I was not aware of. Well, thank you very much. And what are the limitations of your study? Our study source of data is only published material. So that limits us to anything that was actually published and limits the scope or bias towards certain demographics, which may not accurately capture the experiences of all patients. However, we do find that this study is a good start in acknowledging this question. Secondly, our study is assuming that the treatment pursued by patients is the primary treatment offered to them, which may not always be the case. Patients may have been offered other treatments but declined them, or they may have been referred to other specialists for treatment, such as what you already stated, that maybe they were sent to an OB-GYN or GYNOC or something like that, so we weren't able to see them. We can only assume, though, that if they were given the option of a tissue-sparing procedure versus a radical vulvectomy or pronectomy, that they would opt for the former. Lastly, our study does not address the challenge of accessing most surgeons who are often specialized and not widely available. That's true. And in your opinion, what other condition or conditions do you think this may apply to? There are likely multiple diseases that not only have sex-specific differences in initial treatment, but also sex-specific delays in diagnosis and workup. In theory, these trends likely exist for other malignancies in genital areas, such as melanoma or squamous cell cancer. This could also relate to other anatomical sites. For instance, inflammatory or neoplastic conditions of the breast may be overreported or tended to more commonly in females than in males. Additionally, sex-specific differences do not have to be limited to any anatomical site, but may be seen whenever we have a bias, such as when we think of a certain autoimmune disease being more associated in females than in males. 
the first thing that we can do is recognize we all have biases that can affect our patient care. That's a great advice. And what is the best way to rectify this discrepancy, so to speak? First off, I do want to note that most surgery has been shown in several studies to have lower recurrence rates and lower morbidity. It started off with the original paper by Mosen Blanchard that did show the lower recurrence rate for five patients as been shown over and over again in the literature. There recently were consensus guidelines published in JAMA Oncology last year that were created by leading experts in this condition that stated that MOS is first-line treatment over partial or total skinning procedures for both men and women. So this is something that really does need to be rectified and just continues with this paper. So first off, in order to make this change, we need to educate healthcare providers across all specialties that most surgery has better outcomes compared to more invasive procedures. This includes re-educating providers who are currently performing more invasive procedures that better options do exist. Secondly, we need to advocate for most surgeons to undergo the proper training in order to be more comfortable with these procedures for both men and women. And lastly, and most importantly, we need to educate our patients about tissue sparing surgery and why it is preferred over the more invasive procedures so that they are armed with this information when they see the other specialist. Excellent. And just to finish our interview, do you think these findings may be extrapolated across the globe, or is it just here? What is your opinion? It's funny you ask that, because we're working to answer this question next. We practice in the United States. However, we recognize that there may be differences in care globally that may impact which treatments are offered to patients with genital EMPD. We want to see if this trend that we saw in the United States is also seen more broadly. And if so, are there specific countries or regions where the sex-specific discrepancy is more or less pronounced? Hopefully more to come soon. I hope so. And it's something that needs to be done, I'm sure, in several diseases. Well, thank you very much. Do you have any final comment before we conclude our interview? Thank you for having us here. We really appreciate it. I think this is an important study because it discusses the importance of our role in vulvar and penile diseases as dermatologists. Genital diseases need to be at the forefront of our in our education so that outgoing residents are comfortable with the various disease conditions. Both myself and Dr. Rosogi were fortunate to work with Dr. Slasher, who is at the forefront of vulvar diseases, which made us exceptionally comfortable with dental exams. Dental exams should become more of the norm and not the outlier. I personally think that each patient that comes in for a skin exam should at least be offered a general exam as they are meant to be full body examinations. The only way that this is going to happen is if we normalize this as part of our examination and prepare our residents effectively so that they are comfortable taking care of these diseases. EMPD is just one of the many general diseases that is likely missed by other physicians simply because it was overlooked. We believe that the spread of this knowledge, we can inspire others to look for their own biases in care and advocate for a multidisciplinary approach in treating these patients with EMPD. We hope to work together on filling the gap to provide more equitable care, not just for EMPD, but for all diseases. Well, thank you both for this excellent interview, very informative. And thank you to our audience. Again, I am Dr. Carlos Garcia from Oklahoma City. And I am your host for this episode of Dialogues in Dermatology. This time, we had the pleasure of listening to Dr. Stide and Rastogi about their article, 
sex differences in initial treatment for genital extramammary Paget's disease in the U.S., a systematic review, as published in the March 2023 issue of the Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology. See you next time. Thanks again for tuning in to another edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. For more dialogues, subscribe to us through the website of the American Academy of Dermatology, then link your subscription through your favorite podcast app. Remember, the subscription is free for residents. New podcasts are released each week in addition to free special bonus episodes. You can also listen to dialogues online through the AAD website. Thanks again for listening.